the Just Saying podcast is proud to have our Riveter as our sponsor. Our Riveter doesn't hire military spouses to make handbags. They make handbags to hire military spouses. To shop these bags on a mission, please visit ourriveter.com. Use code BRIEF at checkout for 15% off all signature collection items. Welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick. I am your host, and today we are going to break bad teaching. This is a multi-part um, episode. So part one is about the role of better course design. And if you're new to the podcast, I'm really happy that you're here. And if you've been here before, I'm really happy that you're back. Please keep on spreading the word. And we're going to change direction here a little bit. And we're going to talk about the role of teaching. And that's just a form of communication. I hear this from so many people. Man, you should teach brief to my teachers. They talk too much. And I've heard that on and on for years now. And we, you know, at the brief lab, teach people how to communicate. And teachers are communicators. And some of them are really good and some of them are terrible. And there's a lot of terrible ones. And we'll get into what they do wrong and what's the problem in these episodes, in these entitled Breaking Bad Teaching. But the first part is around the role of better course design. And I just want you to think about this. You know, there are moments where people are like, oh, I'll never teach. But then all of a sudden you're now teaching a course. Or you're giving a talk, or you're now a, a, a trainer. Um, you've got when you build up experience. Oftentimes, you're thrust into the role of instructing, and people um, look at that as like, "Well, I, I, I've amassed all this knowledge, so now I'm just going to disseminate all this knowledge on the person because I know a lot, and that's why they asked me to be a teacher, to be an instructor." And it happens a lot where people feel unprepared, and you know, this is this is what kind of what happened to me. I mean, way back in the day. Right out of college, I went to Spain for a few years, and I, I taught English as a second language in, in Madrid and in a, in a British language school. It was very, very fun, and I learned a lot. And um, I, I didn't go back to doing that for years until 10 years ago now. I got a um, request by Special Operations to teach them how to communicate concisely, how to make a briefing brief is my line. So that was the... The call that I got, that I answered, and I changed the direction of my career to teach them to become elite communicators among the best. And they've really taken that to heart. And it's, it's led me down a path of writing the book Brief, also writing the book Noise, starting the Brief Lab, teaching people in person and online how to communicate. And it's it's hard, but it's fixable. And teaching is a big part of how people, you know, people communicate a lot when they teach. So we're going to tackle today is the role of a better course design, because let's face it, when you learn something, it's always an experience. The question is, start to finish, how does it feel? Is it is it a positive experience or is it painful? And a lot of times it's painful. And what do I mean? I mean, I don't care what you're learning. I don't care if you're learning um, financial models or how to do a free fall and jump out of a plane, uh, cybersecurity, how to plan a wedding. It doesn't matter. You're learning something. What does that experience feel like from the start all the way to the end? I don't care if it's a 30-minute class on Zoom or a 30-day class in a classroom um, that is imminently forgettable. What is that experience like for you, for, for the participants, for the teacher? What is that start to finish? Is it positive are people engaged? You know, people talk about being online versus in person. It doesn't matter. 
It's about being engaged. Is it an engaging experience or is it a lecture? Um, is it an active experience? Are people doing things or are they just sitting on their hands? Is it passive? Um, is it memorable? Do you remember anything? Or is it you know imminently forgettable? But it's always an experience. So by design, that course is designed to, to be positive or is it designed to, to make people feel pain? Sitting here listening to you talk for 30 minutes. And I want to talk about online for a second before I dive into you know, how, the role of better course design. In my opinion, having done this, in our business now, half of our courses are taught online. And the difference between our courses in person and online is negligible. And you think, well, that's kind of hard to believe. It's better in person. The point is, what are people doing? Whether they're sitting in front of a computer or they're sitting in a classroom, they're still sitting somewhere and somebody's saying something and they're doing something. But what is that experience like? And people blame Zoom. It's not Zoom's fault. Zoom as a technology is fantastic. It's amazing. I can go on and on about how remarkable it is. I won't. But it's, you know, Zoom fatigue happens because the person designed it poorly. That's why it happened. Because I've been on Zoom courses that are amazing. And I've been in classes, in-person classes, and they've been terrible. So it's not the physical just sitting in a place. Yes, being together and connected is, 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 is a huge help. But you can create that same feeling online, and we actually do it. But it's done by design. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, what we're going to talk about, too, and this is the, the timing of this episode is timed with the release of a new product that we have at the Brief Lab. And that product is called BELT, B-E-L-T. It stands for Brief Experiential Learning Technique. So if you go to thebrieflab.com slash belt, you'll hear way more about this. And the reason we introduced this course is we were asked to. You see, I have, having done this for 10 years, I'm going back to why I started teaching the principles of brevity, the book Brief, the Brief Lab, in the first place. It was because I was asked to. I didn't do it because I felt like it. Didn't do it for my health. I did it because somebody wanted me to fix a problem. And the problem is people talk too much. And when they speak, it's hard to follow them. And when they talk, it's complicated and it's really confusing. And it doesn't need to be. But the question is, is how do you fix it? Well, we set about fixing it. And what that call came from, from um, elements within special, you know, special operations. And we, we started teaching a class. Well, when I started that process, the first thing I did is I consulted with people that I knew who were really good at teaching. And a guy in particular, um, John Borda, who's a close friend of mine, is in, has a side expertise in experiential learning. So he helped me design the curriculum for that course. It was a two-day course on communication, on concise communication. Well, he and I set out minute by minute, block by block, to design that course. It was before the book Brief was written. It was before the Brief Lab became a business. It was teaching the elements, the principles. But the first thing he told me is... You can't talk the whole time. You have to have them doing practical exercises. I had never done that before. It was scary. I thought that teaching was sitting there disseminating knowledge and having somebody taking notes. And he's like, no, that's not how it is at all. Adult learning, experiential learning is learning by doing. And he shared with me this principle, which I'll never forget. He said, we believe that the person who is talking is the person who is learning. So if the instructor's doing all the talking, the only person who's really learning is the instructor. I'm going to say that again. He said, we believe that the person who is talking is the person who's learning. Oh, guess what? Experiential learning is, is learning by doing. 
it's by doing and talking. The person, the people should be talking to each other, not being quiet and listening to the teacher the whole time. Of course, the teacher needs to say certain things, but it's giving instructions, um, telling a story, giving some exercises for people to do. And we're going to talk about that. So what I set out to do was, by design, a two-day course, block by block, that was experiential learning, and I'd never done it before. And the first time I did it, it was scary because it felt weird. But surprise, surprise, the participants loved it. And that's the point. The role of better course design is it's done by design. Yeah, it'll make it. You want to talk the whole time as the instructor. You can't. Nobody wants to sit in that class. So what I said about was introducing videos and small exercises, and I would start managing an agenda. And we're going to talk about how we create that experience. Well, doing that for ten years, this is not a surprise, but for me, it was. A, it was. I was flattered. More and more organizations, both our corporate and military clients, were asking us, "Teach us how you teach the way you teach at the Brief Lab. You have a, you have a method, a way of teaching, like the Brief Way. It's fun. It's engaging. People love it. It's we've taught." Class after class, course after course, in person and online, and the feedback is always the same. We love the class. I've heard this, and I'm not saying this to toot my horn, that was among the best classes we've ever had. Why? Because we designed it around the student. Well, now we've developed BELT, the Brief Experiential Learning Technique, to teach people how we teach. So you can teach a finance class or for a free fall or cybersecurity or wedding planning or whatever the class might be, but do it the brief way. And make it experiential. So we call that the brief experiential learning technique. And you can go online and look at, at, at more information. And you can send us a notice if you're interested in, in that. But it's really fun because we, we went down and did the forensics at the, like the, at the root level of how we design the entire thing. So what I'm going to talk about today briefly is how do you do that? The first thing is understanding what is experiential learning. You'll hear this. Experiential learning. Experiential learning. Experiential learning is learning by doing. It's not learning by listening. It's learning by doing. Again, going back to that principle, the person who is talking, the person who is doing, is the person that's learning. So experiential learning, is a, it's a, there's an entire philosophy around designing experiences that allow people to learn certain things. And you learn by succeeding, and you learn by failing, but you do things, and you experience things at a personal level and a small group level that allow you to learn faster and be more engaged versus versus passively. So the first thing in the key to experiential learning is flow. And I and I it's step by step. You look at okay, how much time do I have to if I've got a half hour, how many use five minutes at a time, a minute at a time, you create an agenda, there's a flow. How do I start? What's the first five minutes? What do I create what's how do I create the tone? And then what's the second five or ten minutes? And then you create blocks. And in that blocks, is it's the choreography of flow. It's kind of like designing a play or a stand-up routine where the audience is experiencing it with you. Would you design that in a step-by-step process of what comes first and second? You have to start thinking about what happens in what order. And you create flow. So one part of experiential learning, very important, is flow. Managing an agenda. Not being too aggressive and talking, you know, trying to get too much done, and not being too loose where you're, you're, you're squandering the time, but having a step-by-step flow of, 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 of an agenda, of a course. Whether that course is a half hour or, or a month long, it doesn't matter. You start breaking it down piece by piece into, like, modules. The second thing is the role of a practical exercise. 
anything that's experiential learning will be will be dotted with a series of practical exercises where these are small events that happen that people are actually doing something. I'll use an example of finance. I can sit there and talk to you about um, you know, business finance and investment, but I need to design exercises. So I have to start thinking creatively, what practical exercises am I going to do with my students that allow them to experience that? Well, I might come up with Okay, well, imagine if you're investing a business and get into small groups and talk about, well, all these pieces that I just taught you, you actually have to put your hands to it and start playing with it. And you start touching it and feeling it and and seeing it and hearing it. And it might be watching a video and it might be commenting on a, in a small group discussion, but the the students are doing something. And it's practical by design. So you have practical exercises and you count them. You know, if you only have one in a three-day class, it's probably not going to be very good. When I designed the first class on brief communication 10 years ago, I mean, I, I'm like, all right, I got two days. How many practical exercises? And that was what John Borda, this friend of mine, helped me do was designing these practical exercises. And they were, and they were logically laid out in a very specific order progressively. So the second thing is the role of practical exercises. The third thing is the value of the debrief. You've done an exercise. Now, what did you learn? What did you experience? Get talk about it. Reflect on it. Comment on it. What was the best? What was the worst? You know, what would you change if you had to do it again? What occurred to you? Because a person is going to be experiencing something, so let them talk about what they experienced after they experienced it. So those are those are three things in the design of experiential learning. And we go much, much deeper in this in belt, but how to design a course and redesign a course that is the brief experiential learning technique. Well, the first thing is, is it experiential learning? Well, it has to flow step by step. So you start designing your agenda. The second thing is you have to have practical exercises in them where people are actually doing something and you give them a set of instructions. And then once that's done, the third thing is give them a chance to debrief on it, to comment on it, to say something, to reflect on it. Whether they're successful at it or failed at it, we do exercises where they fail by design. It's okay. It doesn't matter. You don't have to, you're not giving out A's or F's. You're, you're creating experiences that they learn from. And what's really interesting is when they're learning, you don't see it, but they're still learning. I think when you break bad teaching, the, 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 the teacher always thinks, well, I have to be seeing it the moment that they're learning. No. You send them off to do these exercises, but you've designed them to have an effect, and then they have that effect, and then they talk about it. So those are some elements in the first part, the role of better course design that I wanted to share with you today. And it was it's inspired by this new course that we have called BELT. Go to thebrieflab.com slash B-E-L-T, and you'll learn more about that. So that's it for today. You can, you can break bad teaching by being honest with yourself, by being intentional, by being humble, and most of all, do it by design. Just saying. In a sea.